This is literally everything. 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 Cut off all communication with the outside world, dust off your old VCR, and gather your collection of mixtapes. Then tease those bangs, put on your favorite pair of leg warmers. The nostalgia bug has bitten, and we are here to scratch the itch. I'm Odell. I'm Aaron. It's time to go back where we belong. Hello, kids. So today, we're traveling back to October of 1971. This is before either of us were born. (laughs) Yes. We don't have a lot to talk about what we as were far doing. As nostalgia. No, I was in my mama's belly though at this time. I was a five month old oh. fetus. So I I was at least known. Okay, that's nice. That's you were around. You didn't have a good view, but no, you were around. I was, I was like somewhat in the world. I was still forming. Yes. Yes. I was not even a thought. I will tell you what I was though. I my dad wanted a son and got one. So I was not wanted. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you that by my dad, at least my mom wanted. She was like, "Uh, I'm doing it till I get a girl. And if I have to get someone else to do it with me, (laughs) that's what's going to happen. So I was not a thought, but I know my dad wanted a boy. My mom wanted a girl. So I guess they were talking about it then. But seven years before? (laughs) Yeah, it's seven years before. So I definitely was not. No, I was not a thought. So this will be interesting because there's not a whole lot of nostalgia going on, but we can certainly look at some of the things that happened and maybe compare them to what, you know, when we were growing up, maybe things that still influence the world. Who knows? Okay. Well, the first one on my list, as far as what was going on, on October 1st, 1971, Walt Disney World opened in Bay Lake, Florida. I thought it was open way before then. For some reason. No, I knew it was 70s. I knew it was after Walt's death. Okay. Um, And I only knew it because I had watched a documentary or something on the, you know, on the theme parks. So that's the only reason. The other one, though, opened, I think, like in the 50s, didn't I it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Was that just was, like that a had little a long one. time on it yeah. before Walt Disney World. I think it took a while for Disneyland to take off and develop. And then they're like, ooh, we could do... We could capitalize on this and put one on the other coast. I mean, Disneyland is one. Have you been to Disneyland? I've been to both. Yeah. You have. Disney World, I mean, just. Just trumps kicks it. Kicks its ass. 100%. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. There's I just mean, so much more. it literally is a world. Because I, I had gone yes. to Disney World before I went to Disneyland. And when I walked into Disneyland, I was like, oh, that's it. This is just like a regular, like. Like a theme park. It was like going park. to Astro World yeah. or something. Yeah. Well, Astro World was a perfect place in this universe. <laughs> that should come back. But it was like I walked in and I was expecting the castle. Is it Cinderella's castle that's in Disneyland? Yeah, but it, no, it's uh, Sleeping, Beauty's, Sleeping castle. Beauty's castle. Cinderella's is a world, and Cinderella's is huge. And like you walk huge. into Disneyland, and it's like, oh, that's like a and house. it's the blue. But yeah. yeah, Disneyland, it's the pink. Yeah, it's much so more condensed. She did not win in the castle. I mean, race. No shade. <laughs> I, I, I still no, had fun at Disneyland. It was just Disney World was an experience, more, much more of an experience than Disneyland yes. was. Disneyland is like Magic Kingdom by itself. Yeah. Well, now they have like California Adventure. California, and yes. The, which I didn't go to. I only went to Magic Kingdom, and that was. That was I it. hear it's awesome. Yeah. 
I would love to go visit. My cousin lives down there. And of course, our friend Leanne lives down there. I mean, plenty of people I could go visit and go to Disneyland with. It's not that far away. It's just... You know that that uh, Texas is getting universal up in Dallas. I heard that. Yeah. But it's going to be like family friendly. Right. It's going to be like the Legos <laughs> and the Seuss stuff. Which right? I'm like, why didn't you? I would have given anything for that 10 years ago. <laughs> right. That would have been amazing <laughs> with my kids. Right. I'm excited because it's still going to be like Magic Kingdom is for younger people, but right. I love every second of it. Right. So well, I grew up on Disney stuff, like live action Disney, cartoon Disney, everything yes. Disney. Like yes. I know all of those movies. So yes. it was an experience to go experience that live. And it was a whole nostalgia trip just going to yes. Disney World and seeing it. Ugh, so good. Anyway. Um, continuing on, on October 7th, The French Connection, directed by William Friedkin, who then went on to direct The Exorcist. He crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Have you watched the documentary about The Exorcist, on the Exorcist? by the way? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was insane. He's freaking nuts. But French movie... Connection is on the top 100 list that we'll be covering. It's, okay. I, I love, it's known for that car chase. Yeah. I haven't seen it in years. I remember liking yeah. it, though. But it yeah. starred Gene Hackman, Roy Scheider, and mm. Fernando Rey, and it premiered in the U.S. It also won the Academy Award for Best Picture in 1972. Totally deserved. On October 8th, John Lennon released his mega-hit single, Imagine. Ugh, Adam's favorite song ever, and my uncle's ever. On October 12th, Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice's rock opera, Jesus Christ Superstar, starring Jeff Benholt and Ben Vereen, opened at Mark Hellinger Theater in New York. Ben Vereen opened that. That is in my top five ever. It ran for 711 performances. Nice. On October 20th, Melvin Van Peebles' musical, Ain't Supposed to Die a Natural Death, opened at the Barrymore Theater. It ran for 325 performances. I've never even heard of that. What? Yeah. I, I called that, that out because we had the white person and then the black person's musicals that opened oh. around the same time. And, you know, the Jesus Interesting. one. Yeah. I mean, I will say the Jesus one is ridiculous and amazing. And that like kind of kicked off the rock operas. Yeah. I'm curious about this other one to see what type of music it was. Right. Right. On October 21st, and I just call this out, kind of going along with rock, rock operas, in a way, Nobel Prize for Literature was awarded to Pablo Neruda, and I call that out because of Rent with Pablo Neruda, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never knew who Pablo Neruda was, never even thought to look it up. And then October 31st, a revival of Leonard Bernstein, Betty Comden, and Adolph Green's musical On the Town opened at Imperial Theater and ran for uh, only 65 performances. <laughs> so oh, that oh, one did crap. not do well. <laughs> they did not want a revival of that, apparently. Nope. It's a good show. At this it's time, <laughs> yeah, Richard Nixon was the president of the United States. The movie The Omega Man was at the top of the box office. Edward Heath was the prime minister of the United Kingdom. And as far as fashion went, so we're in the early 70s, so the hippie look from the 60s was still popular. Mm-hmm. For the women, there were, or for men and women, clothing items, tie-dye shirts, bell bottoms. For women, mini skirts, gauchos, Mexican blouses. And men were wearing dark satin shirts, kind of like the discos with the big collars, <laughs> ethnic-looking tunics. I don't know what that means, ethnic-looking. <laughs> I was like, oh, I put God. that in there because I was like, why would you call anything ethnic-looking? Like, it's just a um, tunic. I mean, No matter what, it doesn't the, sound good. <laughs> sounds kind of sound racist in a bit. Correct, exactly. Um, tweed sports jackets and turtlenecks were a big thing, usually wearing them together. 
Oh my god! And think about I, how hot that was. Was your like know, satin shirt? You'd get all sweaty. Yeah. And then your tweed jacket. Are you? You got to be kidding! Nope. No. If you were to travel back to this day, I love these tidbits. Notable figures like J. Edgar Hoover, Jackie Robinson, mm. Janet Monroe, and Harry S. Truman would still be alive. Who's Janet Monroe? I don't know. She was just on this list. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, she's worth noting because she was on this list. I guess I should have Googled her. Janet Monroe. Okay. Okay. Well, the other ones. That's kind of cool. Now, as far as music goes, not, I kind of remember some of these songs, maybe hearing them at some point in time. They were before my time. So for our playlist this week, I managed to dig through the top 40 and find a couple of songs that I could add to our playlist that wouldn't bring it to a screeching halt. And then I told you to just grab one from the 80s so we can keep the 80s thing going. So I'm going to start with the top 10. Number 10, it was If You Really Love Me by Stevie Wonder. Okay. Know that one? No. Number nine, the theme from Shaft by Isaac Hayes was big. Damn. Do you remember that one? (laughs) I do remember that one. And number eight, we had Sweet City Woman by the Stampeders. Don't know any of that. Number seven, Go Away Little Girl by Donny Osmond or Go Away Uh, Donny Osmond. (laughs) I want to add that to my playlist. Go on. Number seven, or no, I'm sorry. Number six, Do You Know What I Mean by Lee Michaels. Don't know that. I don't know her. No. Or him. Number five, The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down by Joan Baez. Don't know that. Sounds familiar. It does. Number four, A Little Gypsies, Trams and Thieves by Cher. Oh, noise. <laughs> number three, Yo-Yo by the Osmonds. So we had Donnie okay. at number seven and the whole Osmond gang at number three. Okay. At number two, we had Superstar, Bless the Beasts and Children by the Carpenters. Bless the Beasts and Children. Okay. <laughs> Both of them. Like, just bless everybody. Like, just bless them all. Bless the rabbit dogs. Bless Those the adults, disease. though. Fuck you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And at number one, we had Maggie May, A Reason to Believe by Rod Stewart. Okay. So to my, to the playlist, I am going to add, as we mentioned, Imagine by John Lennon. I feel like that oh, would fit on great. our playlist. That fits in any decade. I like it. And then the other one I'm going to add was at number 18 this week, which I also feel like, because it had a resurgence in the 90s, was Ain't No Sunshine okay. by Bill Withers. Oh, that, again, totally that fits, works in like. any decade. Yes. yes. So those are my well, two. Well, I picked one that went along with this movie. Okay. Um, every breath you take. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Immediately, I was like, I get to choose from the eighties. <laughs> Obviously, that's the song. Yeah, so Psycho Stalker song for sure. Okay. Awesome. And as I've stated before, or if you're new to the podcast and you don't know, we have playlists that we add to every week, and you can get links to. I almost had to attack those. Find those on Apple Music and Spotify. <laughs> attack <laughs> From, them with your love. <laughs> you can uh, subscribe to them, I guess, on Spotify or Apple Music. Uh, you can find those on our website at backwherewebelong.com. So, moving into some other things that were going on around this time. I looked into books that were released. Okay. I bet some good ones. We had, there were three that say they released on January 1st, 1971 on Goodreads. I don't know if they just put it because they didn't know the exact date or if they actually all three of these did release on the first of the year. But the first was Dr. Seuss's The Lorax. Oh. The next was Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. 
which was the basis of like the Secrets, Secrets of Nim. Nim? Yeah. And I guess <gasps> it was a series of movies books. ever. <laughs> Why isn't that on my 15? I got to replace whatever I did. I know. Last I keep getting one. movies that pop into my head. So I've made a one mm-hmm. note where I can just, when I think of them, I put them on there so I can That's... replace with those. That is really smart. Another one I remember reading in high school because it was very controversial for several years was Go Ask Alice. It was about drug addiction and and young adults. And it was written by someone who was anonymous. And so it was supposed to be this anonymous journal of this girl who went down this path of drug addiction. But then several years later, they found who actually wrote it. And I think I could be misspeaking here, but it was all fiction. It wasn't a true story. But it was still like this very okay. controversial. And then on May 1st, 1971, speaking of The Exorcist, the book was released. It was written by William Peter Blatty. Nice. Um, that book is a terrible last name. Nice. I haven't read the book. The book is like just as scary as the movie. Does the movie do a good adaptation? It does, from what I remember. I read this in high school. So oh, it's wow. It's been a while. But it terrified me. And I read it after I'd seen the movie. Okay. I saw the movie when I was like 11 or 12. <laughs> I just showed, yeah, my 12-year-old daughter, I just showed it to her <laughs> this last weekend because it was like, she loves horror movies. And I yeah. said, if you're going to love horror movies, you have to see some of like the greats. Right. So I made her watch that and The Shining and I made her watch, made her. I didn't like sit <laughs> there like and clockwork her orange her, like, <laughs> yeah, like spread open her eyeballs. I didn't do that. But she was dying to, like, watch these classic, mm-hmm. you know, horror movies. And then we ended with Saw, which. Oh, God, that was no. horrible. So bad. It's like, it's bad, but it's creepy, too. It, yes. It's, it's one of those that's so it. bad, like, it's I don't <laughs> Kind of. Yes. Yes. It's, it's one of those where the story and the idea is great. Mm-hmm. And the, the execution is almost there. Yep. But the acting is so bad. Yeah. And then we also had Hunter S. Thompson's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, released okay. on July 7th, 1971. And then the full collection of the Little House on the Prairie books was first sold as a box set in 1971 as well. Did you read all of those? You read all of those, didn't I you? I read most of them. And I used to watch Little House on the Prairie all I the never time. got into it, and I regret that. I remember there was one episode where... This girl got like raped or something by this guy in a mask. It was like one of the darkest episodes. There was warnings every time there was a commercial break, like what? Warn your kids, warn hide your kids, hide your wife, like type of warning. Like, don't watch this episode if you're easily triggered because it's not appropriate for young people. And of course, I was at my grandparents' I, house. They had it on. They weren't watching it, but I did, and it scarred me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Going on, the Academy Awards were held on April 15th of 1971 this year. Best Picture went to Patton. Never seen it. Best Actor went to George C. Scott for Patton. Best Actress went to Glenda Jackson for Women in Love. I don't remember. I don't even know that movie. Best Supporting Actor went to John Mills. I don't know what for. I obviously did great notes. (laughs) And then we had Best Supporting Actress, Helen Hayes. And then Best Original Score. There's a theater named after her. Yeah. So I don't know huh, what she. I don't she know won. who she is. Mm-mm. And then the best original score went to John Longenecker for Love Story. That song oh. is iconic. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it I haven't is. seen that. I watched that movie in college as well in a film class or something, which was. I watched good. it once, probably, God, twenty years ago, maybe mm-hmm. if that. It, 
No. I mean, it's I definitely it. from the 70s. I mean, it's so from it the was 70s. like, it was supposed, it was this weepy tearjerker. And, back, and about everyone a loved very it. Very toxic relationship. Yeah, it was. But it was Extremely. like all everyone could talk about. And then there was a follow up, like the dude, because the spoiler alert, the woman dies, she has cancer. Yep. Then yep. the dude, there's a follow up because everyone loved the movie so much. They did a follow up called something. I don't remember what it was, but he finds a new love and everyone boycotted it because they're like, how dare he move on from her? Yes. Right. That one has that famous line, love means never having to say you're sorry. Yeah. And I'm like, love means you best Always. know how to say sorry. <laughs> right. Oh, so toxic. So terrible. Okay, go on. Then on TV, we had All in the Family, The Flip oh. Wilson Show, Marcus Welby, MD, oh. Gunsmoke, mm. Sanford and Son. The Mary Tyler Moore Show, oh. Here's Lucy, Hawaii Five-0, okay. The Partridge mm. Family, The Dick Van Dyke mm. Show, oh. Wonderful World of Disney, which mm-hmm. was big forever, Bonanza, Laugh-In, The Carol Burnett Show, and The Sonny and Cher oh. Comedy Hour. So several of these My I watched God. in, what's it called, syndication. And syndication, Years yes. later, I loved all those. What a great, like, I grew up with Gunsmoke and Bonanza with mm-hmm. my great-grandmother. Yeah, like, my that's what she would those. watch. And How Green Was My Valley or whatever Something that like was. That. Yeah. Something about the valley. Big Valley. Big, Big Valley. valley. <laughs> oh, such a good one. So I grew up with those. And then Nick at Night. I mean, that's where I saw Dick Van Dyke and Mary yep. Tyler Moore. And, oh, my. Yep. And then Sanford. I love yeah. the oh, Carol Burnett show. And they have oh. a Carol Burnett show channel on Pluto TV, which... They just play nothing but oh reruns God. of the character show. That would be amazing. It's amazing. I love her so much. And then children and teenagers were watching television shows such as Lassie, Underdog, oh, yeah. Skyhawks, don't know what that is, okay. and Josie and the Pussycats. And oh, okay. popular toys at the moment included Operation, still pretty <gasps> popular. <laughs> I read something that was like, is no one else concerned that he's awake? <laughs> <laughs> right. They have a really good point. <laughs> this is terrifying. Go on. Um, the Chrissy doll. I remember hearing about this. And then Nerf balls were a big thing. And the card game Uno Ooh. was big then. Yeah. I love me some Uno. I do too. I love Uno Attack. Oh my God. That just is. Kind of spits out the cards. <laughs> that is anxiety inducing. <laughs> that really is. It's fun. All right. That's all I've got. How about we take a break and then we'll start talking about the movie. Sounds good. Popular radio show host Dave Garver becomes restless in his relationship with his girlfriend. Impulsively, he goes out and sleeps with a woman he meets at a nightclub. After the fact, he finds out she was not an anonymous hookup, but an obsessive fan who was called in repeatedly to request he play the song Misty. Garver soon discovers extricating himself from the woman will be no easy feat as she becomes increasingly psychotic. According to Wikipedia, the script was originally conceived by a woman named Joe Himes, a former model and dancer turned secretary, and then was polished by Dean Reisner and directed by Clint Eastwood. And this was actually Clint Eastwood's directorial debut. 
It starred Clint Eastwood as radio DJ Dave Garver, Jessica Walter as his psychotic number one fan, Evelyn, and then a very stoic Donna Mills as his girlfriend, Toby. So if you don't know who Clint Eastwood is, I don't, I mean, you must have just listening. been born like within the last 10, 15 years. He ruled the box office back in the late 60s through the 70s. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel that he would release, he would be in at least one to two movies every year through the yeah. 70s, at least. In yeah. the late 60s, he was in several Westerns, such as A Fistful of Dollars, The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Which is one of the best Western movies, I have to say. I don't I know that I've ever, I'm sure I've movie. seen these because my dad was obsessed with Clint Eastwood and John Wayne Westerns. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I hate John Wayne. But yeah, his spaghetti westerns were huge. Yeah. Hang 'em High was another one. Coogan's Bluff, Paint Your Wagon, and Two Mules for Sister Sarah. Movie. And I think Two Mules for Sister Sarah was that the one? Which one was with McLean? Shirley McLean wasn't she in Two Mules for Sister Sarah? I never saw it or heard of it. She, it's a, a nun. I thought she was in that with him. Maybe not. You have to include that Paint Your Wagon was a musical. It is a musical. Is it a good musical? My. No, my <laughs> brother, though, is obsessed with that movie. That is one of his top five movies really? of all time. I don't know. And whenever I'm it. like, you know, suggest a musical like, oh, my God, you need to watch um, like way back when Chicago. Um, I'm sorry. Did you say paint your wagon? No. Well, then I'm not watching it. <laughs> paint your wagon is what he did. They do every a movie, movie musical, musical of it, too. Yes. A movie musical of it. Yes. Wait, was it originally a musical? So Clint Eastwood's singing. Clint Eastwood is in a movie musical called Paint Your Wagon. I thought you said they made a musical of the movie because I remember hearing about that. But has it ever been on stage? Yes, it has. Okay. Yes. I'm obviously so confused. (laughs) I know. And I'm double checking myself just to make sure because. (laughs) Yes. Does he sing? Okay, now I have to watch this just to see. It's by Lerner and Lowe. Like, this was a musical. Okay. Let me see if, hold on. Let me see if he sang. I do have to look this up. Oh, yeah, he did. (laughs) I feel like he would just be talk singing. He had two, no, three songs. Okay. I still see Elisa. Uh, I talk to the trees. (laughs) (laughs) Something wrong with you, buddy. And Gold Fever. Okay. So. All righty. Well, I yeah. feel like I have to watch that now just because I have to see if I it's know. a train wreck or not. I know. Then after, well, he was still doing, um, still doing Westerns in the 70s, but then he also did a lot of Dirty Harry movies where he played a detective named Harry Callahan. Make and then he's been in and directed a shit ton of other movies and won Academy Awards for Unforgiven and Million Dollar Baby, both in the directing category. Yes. Now, Jessica Walters is probably best known for playing Lucille Bluth in Arrested Development. I cannot believe this was the same person. Stark contrast between the two characters, obviously. But in my opinion, she made this movie. Absolutely. I mean, the movie itself, the script was pretty strong, but I felt like Clint Eastwood was kind of dull. All he did was just gave that. so pointless. I'm sorry. But then, and then Donna Mills, who played Toby... (laughs) was just Again, very pointless. stoic and like they they needed they needed a fire lit under their ass to meet the energy yeah. that Jessica Walters provided. Ooh. But Donald Mills was probably best known for playing Abby on Knott's Landing. Mm-hmm. So this film is rated R, has a runtime of one hour and 42 minutes, 
It has an 85% critic score and is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes and a 72% audience score. I'm actually surprised by that. Really? This is the type of movie that I feel like would be low on the critic, but really high on the audience. Yeah, and I think it if it had been released now, it probably would have been that way. But back then, right. this concept was new. Like, we true. hadn't seen all of the psycho, crazy, obsessive love type movies. Yeah, yeah, at this that, is Back true. then. So it was something new that the critics were like, oh, this is fresh. I haven't seen it before. Roger Ebert said, there is no purpose to a suspense thriller, I suppose, except to involve us, scare us, to give us moments of vicarious terror. Play Misty for Me does that with an almost cruel efficiency. So the film had a budget of $950,000. Wow. It grossed $133,000 in its first weekend and went on to gross $10.6 million in the U.S. and Canada. Ooh. Jessica Walters would go on to be nominated in the category of Best Actress Drama at the 1972 Golden Globes, but she didn't win. I didn't write down who did, because I am awesome at doing you my research. You uh, were terrible this week. <laughs> I on. did these, like, as soon as I we picked the movie, like, a couple of days later, I'll sit down and just put my basic notes together, then I watch the movie right. and fill it in. And evidently, I told myself when I did it, oh, I'll come back and fill this in, and then I didn't. Right. Yeah, no, I can't I really get start. on you, because I've done that a hundred times before. <laughs> I need to start reviewing my notes, like, the day right before we record, just to see if there are any holes in them. Yeah. Get better about that. But I couldn't find I a list. I should make sure I do notes. <laughs> yeah, or watch the movies. <laughs> I couldn't find a list of the top 10 movies this week. Box Office Mojo only goes back to 1977. Oh, damn. I know, but I was able to find some other movies that released this month. So we had The Last Picture Show, which opened October 2nd, 1971. I remember watching that movie several years ago and was just like in love with it. I watched it again, like maybe a month ago, and I was like, this is kind of boring. <laughs> this is That's on our top 100, but that's like a young Sybil Shepherd and yeah, Jeff Bridges. And... Yep. Yep. Oh, do you? Yeah. I mean, it's, okay, a, good, it's a good story. Mm-hmm. Of course, I mean, there's some good characters in there. It's just the movie feels very, like, it doesn't really feel like it goes anywhere. What's going on? Like, we're talking about my brother's favorite movies between Paint Your Wagon and Last Picture Show. <laughs> yeah, and I I remember sitting down and watching it with my aunt and uncle because this was big when they were in high school. Right. And they rented it, and my friend and I were going to go do something, but we set, we were sitting there talking to them. They started the movie, and we just got so engrossed in the movie that we never went and saw the other movie we were planning on going to. Oh, how funny. I mean, it's not a bad movie. It just didn't have the same impact on me the second time I watched it as it did the right. first. The Pink Panther also opened on October 20th, Ooh. 1971. And then, of course, as I mentioned, we had The French Connection that opened on October 7th. And Disney's Bedknobs and Broomsticks (gasps) opened on the 7th of October as well. I love Love that that movie. movie. I need to start adding some of the classic Disney's to Mm -hmm. my top 15 because loved them. Mm -hmm. All right. So initial thoughts on the movie. You hadn't seen this before. No, I had never seen this before. I, I thought it was great. Yeah. It was great because of Evelyn. Right. I mean, it's very seventies. That is why. Oh yeah, it's totally seventies. Like the shoot, the shots, the music, the yes. But had she she made the movie? And wasn't this like her first big thing? I mean, he kind of put her on the map with this one. Yeah, the producers didn't want her. 
they wanted someone else who wasn't um they wanted lee remick to be cast oh, in the role of evelyn she would have been amazing yeah. as well and then some but accounts have it that took sandra, a chance on her who? Some account, sandra Locke. she used to do uh, a ton no. of stuff with clint eastwood back in the day she had oh. lots of movies with him no they say that that's never been formally proven oh, okay just right. that sandra Locke said he wanted her because she basically did everything with him right yeah so i really did love it because you had said i think last week you had said that this is kind of like fatal attraction mm-hmm. um which it absolutely is fatal attraction except there's not a child involved and they're not married that's no the bunny. only difference and there's no bunny which i did appreciate <laughs> um but there were a couple of things well one big thing that i liked more in fatal attraction that we can get into but I mean, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion. I think you think the same as I do. She kind of kicks Glenn Close's ass. She does. As far as the crazy factor goes. Yeah. I mean, she elevated, she went with it. And I feel like this was more like Fatal Attraction was kind of a slow burn, like a slow build. Right. Whereas in this, this one, she crazy. sinks in her claws and she does not mm-hmm. let go. Like she is no. 100% in love with him after the first fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> what I'm a little nervous about is that I related to her so hard. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like more than Glenn, Glenn Close, I was like, bitch, like I couldn't boil a bunny. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to like do that to it. If like a, a family with right. a child and stuff. Right. That's one. <laughs> it's like, girl, I kind of get you, <laughs> which, which concerns me. So the premise of the movie is we have Clint Eastwood plays this popular radio DJ. He often gets this woman calling in saying, play Misty for me. And oh, Misty yeah. is a song by someone. I don't know. Some jazz song. Yeah. So, he also, on his show, he shares a lot of poetry and introspective, hippy-dippy stuff. But he also often talks up this bar that he likes to go to. Mm-hmm. Well, one night after the show, he goes over to his favorite bar. He's talking to the bartender. There's a woman sitting there by herself. She allegedly is waiting for a man to show up. He mm-hmm. strikes up a conversation with her. They end he up does to- show up. <laughs> He strikes up a conversation with her, ends up taking her back to his place. Now, meanwhile, he's Wait, dating. no, he goes to hers, to her place. Does, yeah, he went to her place, yeah. Yeah. They go back to her place, they do the do, mm-hmm. and then he leaves. So it's kind of like a one-night stand because he does have a girlfriend already. Yeah. And then she shows up at his house, and she keeps showing up. And that's basically all there is to it. She just will not let go. Well, and the big one was when he, she showed up at that lunch. That yes. was my favorite crazy scene. <laughs> that was my favorite. And I want to reenact it so badly. <laughs> that was amazing. See, if only you were in a theater class right now, you could reenact oh that God. scene. But can we just talk about the hairdos? <laughs> I mean, especially the women's cut. I don't know what they, women oh. in 1971 were thinking because it literally looked like they had a dead animal on their head. It was so popular, though. I look at pictures of my mom from then, and that is what everyone was doing. Yes. It's psychotic. It was like combed straight down. Yes. And then longer pieces over your ears. 
Yeah. And then it was like chunky because there would be layers like a mullet layer and then another longer layer underneath that. Right. Right. Literally look like they have roadkill on their head. I would just like. Yeah. What would you have done if you, first of all, (laughs) here's a question. Have you ever met someone that you didn't know at a bar Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then went home with them or brought them home with you to fuck? Like no, the same not that I didn't know already. Right. I haven't either. But like, I, I do know people who have. I mean. Yeah. It just seems so weird to me. Like I have met so dangerous. people. I met people at a bar and we struck up a conversation and then we shared phone numbers and then there was further conversation dinners before there was ever any wieners coming out. But right. like this seemed I started thinking about, you know, back then. They didn't have the internet because I didn't really start dating until chat rooms were a thing Mm because I didn't know how to meet guys anyway. But back then, people didn't have the internet. They didn't have apps. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. if they were super lonely, they would take out an ad in the newspaper, in the personal section at the back of a newspaper, you know, or you met at bars. And so that was how you hooked up. Yeah. so what would you have done had you had you hooked up with someone at a bar? Uh-huh. You think they're there looking for someone else. You hit it off. You go home. You fuck. And then they tell you, oh, actually, I came here because I knew you came Stalker. here. Stalker. That would be when Stalker, I'd be like. Stalker, but weirdly flattered. <laughs> um, I definitely don't think we would fuck again. Right. Um, yeah. So stalker, but like, damn, I got fans, you know? Yeah. But then. I don't think I'd want to hang out with him, though. No. And then so then the next day he goes home and she shows up at his house, not only shows up at his house, but with groceries like she's going to make some. No, that is then absolute stalker. No. And he let her in. He let her into his house, let her make dinner for him. Yes. (laughs) And then they fucked again. You know, he got a free meal and some, and he had money. a fan. There's an ego there. That's oh, the problem totally. is that I don't, I don't have that ego No, that he has. So no. there's no way I would go for that. But I mean, he's got this girl and she's not unattractive by any means. No, she's no, quite she's a attractive. Woman. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got this beautiful woman like obsessed with him and saying, let me do this and this and this for you. And he's, uh, it's Clint Eastwood. Right. You know, he's, he's going to have got like this, the massive ego. And he's got this girlfriend already that he's, I, I couldn't tell if she had been out of town and then came back or if they were just on a break, what the deal was. It felt like a break, didn't it? He just seemed like completely disinterested in her. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's back with her, shows up at her house. They left mm-hmm. to go for a walk to talk. Did you notice that she left the blowtorch going? Like she was doing some art with a blowtorch. Yes. And she set it down. And he's like, can we go for a walk? And she's like, sure. And they leave. And I'm like, girl, turn off You're the torch. Or your, your house is going to be your house down. That is one of those situations. Like there's some editing uh, that I notice more in older. I feel like they pay a little more attention now. Mm-hmm. But there's been, except for Game of Thrones and the Starbucks cup. But there's <laughs> like, that was one of those. They had obviously done the, the rest of the scene later and right. didn't like 
say, hey, you should turn off your blowtorch. <laughs> so he leaves. He talks to her. It seems like they're going to get back together because, again, Evelyn was just a piece of ass that he had on two different occasions. But then he, she shows up at his house in nothing but a bathrobe in the drops middle of the night, it. drops it, gives him a titty flash. Then mm-hmm. rather than sending her away, he takes her into his house. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, dude, why wouldn't you? You are kind of bringing this on yourself. I mean, it's hard to feel bad for him. Yeah. At this point, like you're making the decisions to do this, buddy. You're. You're dumb. Yep. So then later on, he, I don't remember. So she stayed the night that night. Then did he send her home? I think he sent her and home. And he promised, okay, yeah, we'll get together again. Yeah. So uh-huh. then she tells him, okay, well, how about we get together on Thursday? And he says, yeah, I'll mm-hmm. let you know. So he does the I'll radio show. I'll call you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does the radio show. She calls him because he didn't show up and she's freaking mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So he goes over there to her house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was one of my favorite lines. What am I supposed to do? Just sit here in my horror suit and wait for you? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I want to find a situation where I can say that. Just sit in my horror suit. In my horror suit and you. wait for you. Then when he goes to leave, she says, you're not dumping me, Buster Blue Eyes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, girl. This is where the script, like, you've now jumped the shark, buddy. Right. So. You weren't even good in bed, bastard. (laughs) So he leaves, I guess, thinking, okay, dodged a bullet, even though he kept going back for the poon and got it to this point. Uh Uh-huh. She goes to his house, freaks out, tries to kill herself. Yep. Here's one question. Slashing her wrists. Slashes her wrist. And he calls a doctor to come over to his house to suture her rather than taking her to the hospital uh-huh. and say, the bitch is cray. She right. tried to kill herself. She keeps showing up at my house. She needs psychiatric care. Right. Call the police, file a report. Like, yep. do, but he doesn't. He brings the doctor to his house to suture her wrists and then lets her stay there and makes her soup. <laughs> I swear to God. Again, can't feel bad for him. I don't know if it was more like, I don't want to either A, get her in trouble or B, feel abandoned. I think that he did at this point, like, feel sorry for her because yeah. bitch is crazy. She is. But at the same time, you are not thinking of your personal safety and you're not thinking about her. Right. And the fact that the woman needs help. Yeah. Like, serious psychiatric help. Yeah, I feel like he was protecting his ego. Like, if this gets out, people are going to know that this, you know, someone's going to put this in the paper that I have a crazy bitch. But I'm like, that would only help improve your safety, I feel like, because more people would be looking out for you. Yes. But again, that ego. But he's, yeah, he's going to look like shit being this DJ and sleeping with a fan Mm -hmm. over and over. And then her trying to kill him herself because he doesn't love her back. But then, so she's staying at his house. She manages to go away one day while he was out doing something, took his house key and paid 40 cents to make a copy of it. <laughs> yep. Yes. I love it. And Have I wrote you down ever done like, that? What? Make a copy of like, someone else's make house Make a copy key? of someone's no. key. Okay. You have? <laughs> it's like, 
Okay, now we're at a different level of cray, and I need that we're just going to stop have, this podcast now. We're going to stop this now, and I'm going to call no, for help. I have never done that. And I've warn never Adam done that. that he's that living. Would be so psychotic. <laughs> that is like that's that is next over the level top. psychotic. Yeah. So she has a key copied, and I'm writing. I wrote down why is he letting her stay at his house? Like he's letting her stay there, for many not days. just like yes. I mean, I get the overnight like. I'm going to let her rest. I'm going to let her calm down. Tomorrow we go to a hospital. Mm-hmm. I get that. I can almost wrap my head right. around that. Like you I know, would, this is I could see if he sat down, had a talk with her. He's like, look, look what she did. Look how you're feeling about me. Right. You need some help. Obviously, I want to help you get better. Just kind of talk her down a yes. little bit and yes. then deliver her somewhere. And then he had this job offer in San Francisco. Of course, she kind of fucked it up for him. But I was like, I would yes. have tried to expedite that. Like, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. So. Absolutely. At some point, when did she freak out at him? Because he met the woman who was going to hire him for a radio show or a TV show or something in San Francisco. He was living in Carmel. Yes. That was before the suicide, wasn't it? Or the suicide attempt? After. Or maybe it was before. I don't remember. I didn't write it down. But she. So he goes to meet this woman yeah, and they're having this conversation and she storms in. They're on the wharf like near a bay. Yes. Storms down there and calls the old, <laughs> it's this old woman that he's meeting with. I mean, she has nothing to do with the situation. No. I would be so And shocked. she's like, thinks he's sleeping with this old woman. What did she say? Oh, him. is this your kitsch or something yeah. like that? <laughs> goes off woman. on her, goes off on him. He chases her out, puts he her in a cab, like, her <laughs> throws her into a he, cab. That was, I thought that was her best scene. He's literally, she's like on her feet, bending down like a toddler would, trying to stop him from uh-huh. walking. Yep. He's literally fucking dragging her yep. across the parking lot. She pulled that old, like one time my mom wanted me to go to church, like to a, mm-hmm. like not church, but it was in the Mormon church we had. It was called primary class, and you had them on, like, Tuesdays. Okay. And I think she was oh, yeah, yeah. just wanting to get me the fuck out of the house. So she was sending me with her friend, and I did not want to go. And she, like, I went limp in the car. She had to drag me out of the car. I totally wouldn't, like, I just was dead weight. And she put me into the car, and then I started screaming, and like, I was this woman. <laughs> Were you leaning out of the car? I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> no. I love you. She almost oh fell out of that car. Like she was out because I she once you got past her waist, I was like, girl, you are gonna fall out when that cab takes off. She when it takes off. Like, oh my god, I think you would have been fine this. with that. She was <laughs> right. so brilliant in this scene. Yes. So he goes back, the woman left. He doesn't get the job, obviously. Right. At some Don't blame point, the woman at all. <laughs> she he commits her. She goes mm-hmm. to um, the, now was this, at what point did she break back into his house? And this, this is my question. Did that she was, actually break in or was it, a, was it a dream? No, I think she actually broke in. Yeah, because he calls a cop and he says so, but then like, how did she get out of the house so quick? Because he wakes up, she's uh, standing over him with a knife. Yeah. She comes down with a knife, he rolls out of bed and she's gone. Yeah. And then he called yeah. the cop. Yeah, she just, I don't know. That's one of those like unrealistic resolutions. And I didn't really believe that it, because that's why I thought, well, it must have been a dream. 
I thought it happened only because he called the cop. I thought he called the cop after that. And then that's when she got, I watched this like a week ago. So obviously I didn't put down the correct events or order of events. I just watched it two days ago. (laughs) At some point though, she gets committed to psychiatric care. And so he's feeling better about things. And then he goes and takes a walk with Toby, his girlfriend. Could have done without the music video for first time ever I saw your face. <laughs> Thank you. I love the done, song. Is that when they were like making out under the waterfall? Mm-hmm. And they were fucking I in the woods. could have done without seeing their. They did not look like two hot people. No. <laughs> at that point. They were just a mound of flesh. That <laughs> is, is something I could kisser. have done with. I can't. I cannot watch him kiss. Like he cannot. was worse than he the is... dude in Where the Boys Are, <laughs> kissing Jenny. He... Oh, my God. I believed him more than I believed Clint Eastwood. He, like, there are certain people that I, and, like, I love Colin Firth so much. Terrible kisser. Mm. Hugh Jackman, I love him. Cannot watch him kiss on screen. Clint Eastwood is the worst. Yeah. I it was bad. cannot watch that. Yep. Oh, I know when she went to, she was committed. He, she broke into his house again and almost murdered his housekeeper. The house, yes. <laughs> yeah. She's like slashing everything. Everything. She totally like, I mean, ransacked the house. Mm-hmm. Ever, and that poor, oh my gosh. The blood in this was such a bright red. I know. <laughs> so I was like, dumb. I Googled, what did they use for blood in Play Misty for Me? And I couldn't get. I mean, but it, it looked had, like paint. Like it looked like red paint. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it had a little, little bit of an orange red tint. paint. Yeah. Oh, my God. But that was so when she bad. got committed. But then okay. I wrote down here. So your housekeeper was almost murdered by a psycho. Yeah. Would you just be nonchalantly walking in the woods and on the ocean fucking your girlfriend? Like, I would have been traumatized that someone broke into my house, slashed everything, tried to murder my housekeeper. I would have been focused on moving away. But then she was committed. Well, she should have been focused on that. But I mean, I'd go for a nice run. (laughs) Take my mind off things. (laughs) Here's my other thing is like, how long was she away? I think that music video was meant to indicate that several days had passed. Over because time, yes. They went on that walk and did the fucking thing. And then he went to a jazz fest with her. Well, there. I mean, I know that there's the mandatory 72-hour hold. Right. <laughs> that you have to know. Um, so, and I assume that in that time they would find her insane. Usually, and don't ask how I know this, but usually... It would be up to like three weeks and then they'd reevaluate. I've never been in a psychiatric hospital. Let me just say that. I have had friends who have gone to a psychiatric hospital and that is usually what happens about three weeks. Because it felt like it was just like a couple of days because I felt like she went away. Then as soon as they locked her up and the maid was taken to the hospital he went uh-huh. over to Toby's. They went for a walk. They fucked in the woods. They slept. They went to the jazz fest the next day. And then he's getting a phone call from her saying, I've been through therapy. Yeah. I'm much mm-hmm. better and I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And I just want to apologize. And he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It may have just been the 72 hour hold. Who knows? <laughs> but my question is, even if it was 72 hours, why didn't he change the fucking locks? Why didn't he change? 
Thank you. Thank you. Because this, this point, when... you can kind of, I don't think he knew for sure that she had made a copy of his right. key, but she's been able to get into your house somehow. Mm-hmm. So, girl, you, I mean, I don't know what security systems they had then, but I know you can get a German shepherd that's very well trained. <laughs> right. Something. There are some precautions you can take. Yes. Right. There are many precautions you can take. So then. He was just dumb. He was. He was dumb. After the jazz festival, his girlfriend, Toby, says he needs to leave because her new roommate is moving in. Mm-hmm. And her old roommate's <laughs> moving out. Her new roommate's moving in. He's like, okay, fine. Well, then we find out later. This was a big twist. This I had forgot this. Yes. When we find out that the roommate is Evelyn. She had yes. down Toby. As Annabelle. She, yes. She told her her name was Annabelle. She moved in. And well, then, he had come clean to Toby. He had. Yep. He had told her about this woman that she tried to commit suicide in his house by slashing her wrist. So his conscience is clean. Conscience is clean. Yes. He's like, well, I mean, I've done what I need to do. Mm -hmm. So let's go fuck by the waterfall. (laughs) Yep. Let's be mounds of flesh just like smushed. So then he is at work DJing away. He gets a phone call from Toby requesting some song, something nice and easy for her and her new roommate, Annabelle. Mm-hmm. Then he starts thinking about something, a quote that Evelyn gave him when she called to tell him that she was okay. And it was actually a quote from Edgar Allan Poe's yeah. poem, Annabelle. Yeah. And he realizes, holy shit, new roommate, Annabelle, is actually Evelyn. So he yep. puts on a pre-recorded show from that he had done before. Gets in his little car, goes zooming over to Toby's. Meanwhile, finally doing the right thing. She has tied up Toby, gagged her. He breaks into the house. Well, and it was great when Toby, I did like when Toby realized because mm-hmm. Evelyn was like, This isn't right. His eyes are cold. And mm-hmm. she's like, Oh, I didn't know. And then she sees the slashes on the wrist. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. That was this good. was enough time for those to heal. <laughs> It was. Yeah, but we got to point that out. She no longer needed the yeah. bandages. No, they were like scarred over. Yeah, like she's fine. Yep, she's good. He had called the police. So the police detective dude goes over to the house to check. She kills the policeman mm-hmm. with these scissors. Like, were scissors that big back in the 70s? I think they were. Think about the movie um, Dead Again. I don't think I've seen that. With Kenneth Branagh and Emma... Uh, Emma Thompson. I don't think I've seen it. Girl, I'm putting it on my list. You (laughs) need to see that movie. It is incredible. But there were giant scissors. And I do remember my grandmother having giant scissors. And like they looked like the kind that people use to cut a ribbon at like a ribbon cutting (laughs) ceremony. (laughs) They were huge. They were humongous. But I do, I mean, I remember, I don't know that I remember them being that big, but they're. Like in Dead Again, the woman's obsessed with scissors. Okay. And you'll find out why. But there were all sizes. So they were. <laughs> they're good at why they were at um, Toby's place. Right. I don't know. <laughs> like they were like hedge trimmers. Yeah. But, but Toby was the artist, right? She was. Yeah. So maybe it was something for her art. I don't know. But she's going crazy after she kills the policeman. She's shredding the photo. Like she kept shredding the 
And they kept showing the same scene over and over with her stabbing the picture. So I'm like, yes. you've already stabbed that place. <laughs> it's yes. already done. We can't, we can't keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's getting there as quick as he can. He goes up, he finds the dead policeman. He walks through the house. He finds Toby. And then Evelyn comes up behind him, tries to stab him with the big ass hedge trimmer scissors. Mm-hmm. She, he gets stabbed several times. This is what bothered me, though, about the end. There was no sound effect. No, no tension in, in the music. No. no music at all. No. It's just, it was very anticlimactic. It was. Because I feel like. That's what I was saying about Fatal Attraction. Alex's death scene in that is awesome. Mm-hmm. And it is so intense. The whole right. final part. This, they did Evelyn wrong. Yeah. they. She deserved a lot more. Went very quick. Like she just kept stabbing, 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 stabbing. There are no sting like i just keep thinking psycho was out by then so the which became really popular and the music was really good in that movie to help build the tension there was nothing there was hardly any sound at all several stabs Mm -hmm. a few where is she is she going to come out and get me and then he pushes her off the balcony and she falls off and that's it and that was it did you say that this one best music no oh it didn't win best score. No, no, it didn't Why win did anything. Why did I think it had? I don't know. <laughs> what did I hear? Okay. I was talking about love oh, story. Oh, something else. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Never mind. <laughs> no, I was like, there was no score in this, really. Okay. That's why I was like, I'm really surprised it won that. No, that was love story. That's right. I yeah. blocked that part out. And then all of a sudden the movie was over. Yes. So that's what I feel like a more climactic ending would have made this movie yes. pretty much perfect. Granted, yes. was still there were some editing things, but it was the seventies, so I all of it was forgivable, but. just because of Evelyn. Yes, but I she deserved she deserved a better ending. She did very dramatic. God, think about what the dramatic death she could have. Oh, done. I know. Well, and Damn. even I feel like there, it just needed more building, more music, yes. more tension. More in- Yes, more because tension. we built up to this scene that was literally like maybe a minute and a half to two minutes. Like we needed yeah. something more tense. Yep. Better screenwriter. Totally maybe. agree. Better director, maybe. But you could tell this was his first Ooh. time. Yes, for sure. I mean, he definitely got better. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back for a little bit more. So a few fun facts about the movie. It was set in Carmel or Carmel by the Sea, California. Mm-hmm. Funny fact. Did you recognize the bridge from like Big Little Lies? Big Little Lies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I kind of want to live there. Of course, God, that would be the earthquakes. <laughs> would, yeah, I don't think I deterrent. ever could. But yeah. um, but this was also the city where Clint Eastwood would later become the mayor. I forgot. That oh, he was a, a I totally forgot. Yes, I totally forgot that. So Clint Eastwood had obtained the rights to the song Misty after he saw Errol Garner perform it at the Concord Music Festival in 1970. He also paid $2,000 for the use of the song The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face by Roberta Flack for that long-ass sex scene. For the, yes, Um, music video scene. According to a website, Kenneth and the 212 pulled a few more things from there. Gene Shepard claimed that Play Misty for Me was based on a real-life incident in which he was stalked by a female fan, which culminated in her trying to stab him. Oh, damn. 
also read that Steve McQueen turned down the lead role, claiming that the female lead was stronger than the male. Which is true, but oh, I'm like, why was... about ego. I wonder if this was before Clint Eastwood was offered the... Because I doubt that he wanted something that he could direct and star in. Yeah. So this must have been before they offered it to Clint Eastwood to direct and star in. Yeah. Clint Eastwood also said he had an experience similar to this in real life about 21 years before this film. So in 1950, when an ex-girlfriend stalked him and threatened to commit suicide after he had broken up with her. Both Fatal Attraction and Misery drew heavily on Play Misty for Me in developing their plot lines. Obviously, Fatal Attraction had the story of the affair that went wrong, where Misery yes. went with the story of a deranged fan terrorizing her idol. So is that where Stephen King got it? I guess. Or maybe just wow. some of the... From when they made some the of the moments version. that right. they... Yeah. yeah. And this just might be this author's assumption. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are similarities no matter what. At the end of the movie, when Evelyn is seen floating in the sea, that is actually Jessica Walter. Wasn't a stand-in or a body double. She went down there and floated for that shot. I'm not surprised that woman was committed. Mm -hmm. So what I want to do, let's remake this. Okay. We're going to recast it for today. Mm -hmm. So first, first thing I want to talk about, would you remove or add any scenes? I mean, I would... I would remove the music video. Right. For sure. I don't know that I would remove any others only because most of them were Evelyn. I don't want right, to take any right. of those away. Yeah. Um, as far as adding, I mean, just it's more prolonging the death. Mm-hmm. That's the big scene I would change. Yeah. But adding ones, I mean, I'd love, I, you could have shown me her crazies all day and I would have been mm-hmm. four hours of crazy. I would right. have loved it. Yeah, I would have cut the extended walk sex scene music video. Yes. And, you know, Jazz Fest was fine, but I would have done something to show the passage of time. So you actually knew how long Evelyn was put away. That's very true. And you know what's funny with that is that's something that never, ever bothers me. Mm -hmm. But in the other podcast that I'm doing with Conrad, that always bothers him. Mm. Is the passage of time. Right. I easily forgive it for whatever reason. But I will say in this movie, I was very much aware right. <laughs> of the kind of lack of continuity. Yeah. So I'll give you my cast and then you can give me yours. Okay. So okay. I want to totally flip it like race on its head. I'm going to cast it. your boy Idris Elba as Dave. <gasps> Not a terrible idea at all. And I want to put Tandy Newton. As Toby. Tandy. Tandiwa. Yeah, she's a, she was in Westworld. Who is she in Westworld? She's a black woman. She's beautiful. She was in <gasps> Beloved with um, Oprah. With Oprah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. She played Beloved. Okay. I need to look her up. Yeah, you'll know her as soon as you see okay. her. But I want to see this person play crazy. Oh, my gosh. Of co- Oh, I didn't know she was going by that now. It's Tandiwa now. But yeah, she used to it used go by to be Tandy. Tandy. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. her. So you would put her as Toby? As Toby, because I want to see, oh, I feel like she would be able to give her a little more, because she was Toby was kind of dead in this one. She would give her this some more depth. True. But I want to see Viola Davis as Evelyn. Mm. I want to see her you don't do think fucking she's too crazy. I, I, well, I think they're all kind of older. She plays See, I cast the women range. much younger. Mm-hmm. And I cast him older. I I went by what their ages were when these 
three Got made it. the movie. See, I wanted it to be a little bit older because mm-hmm. I feel I like, like it makes it a little more desperate. Because, yeah. like, and maybe it's just from my own dating experiences now. I feel like when people get into their 40s and 50s and they're still single and they desperately don't want to be, it makes them I even like more that. Okay. Okay. I like that. It might also give a little opportunity to do some more backstory on Evelyn and maybe have another incident where this happened or something or something that mm-hmm. may have even pushed her further over the edge to make her more desperate. Yeah. I like that. I do like that. That's a good cast. I wish I had thought about the diversity. And obviously, Idris Elba is brilliant. Right. And I feel like he'd give a Was little more Was he in that movie, that Beyonce movie? Was that him? Oh, I don't know. Beyonce and, and Ali Larder. Lars- Larder, yeah. I don't remember I who was in remember. that. Remember, I'm looking that up real quick. I want to say it was like it was Omar. obsessed. It was Idris Elba. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. So obviously, <laughs> this practice. kind of movie works version. for him. Right. Yeah. Um, I love that about what Tandiwa is that what she mm-hmm. goes by now? Mm-hmm. She would also be. I mean, you could flip those roles, yeah. and she and they'd be great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I had thought about, I didn't cast it this way, but I was also like, it'd be kind of interesting to see a gender flip. Yeah, that would be cool. You know, that would be really interesting. But I did not do that. I kind of cast, uh, like I said, with the ages of these people and similar styles Mm -hmm. to these people, except, you know, Toby is better. Uh, so for Dave, I had three. Okay. That could easily do it. Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. And Oscar Isaac. Okay. I would like to see Jake Gyllenhaal in that. I think Jake Gyllenhaal would be really good. I was trying to picture someone like who I would believe as a DJ. Right. (laughs) Honestly, that's what I was trying to pick. Right. That's kind of, that's not super hot because a lot of DJs aren't. No. They have a a face made for radio. I don't know what that says about us. (laughs) Well, you know. But um, he's still he's, on YouTube. He's enough to be <laughs> like he's he's attractive. He's just not hot. So yes. that makes it I can see. him. And I feel like that. he can play kind of any kind of like he'll go all the way. Like he's mm-hmm. like an Evelyn. Yeah. He'll go all the way mm-hmm. into a role. So mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal. OK, let's keep Evelyn. <laughs> I mean, Aubrey Plaza all the way. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Insane. Have you seen Ingrid Goes West? No, but I want to. Yeah, Is it it's good? good. Uh-huh. Oh my! I love Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, she's great. And her wild eyes, mm-hmm. she'd be amazing in that part. And then uh, Toby, I was like, you need someone kind of, I mean, like she just, she cannot outshine Evelyn. Right. But she needs to, so, you need to make her empathetic. Like I didn't feel better. anything for her. Yes. In this. Yeah. I was thinking, so the three I put down were Emma Watson. Okay. Amelia Clark. Okay. Or Brie Larson. Okay. I like all three of those. Yeah. I think out of those three, I would see Amelia Clark the most. Oh, see, I'd go Brie Larson, I think. I love Brie With Larson. With Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. That actually works better. And then you got crazy Aubrey Plaza. And you also have that blonde against the dark hair. Yeah. Yep. You know, kind of. So, yeah, that's who I went for. I didn't cast, like, the sergeant or right, I didn't anyone else. Right. No, but that's who I put down. Awesome. I think both our casts work. Mm-hmm. I'd probably go oh Octavia God, Spencer if... for the 
the housekeeper. Oh, but I, I, rather than make her the housekeeper, I think I'd make her like Idris Elba's sister or something that came by to see him. I and like Evelyn that. Went crazy I on her. really like that. I'd honestly like to see um, some interracial. Like I could go with Idris Elba and Aubrey Plaza. Mm hmm. Because the total crazy psycho. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, I just want to see too. Viola Davis play Cray because she's I, always. She, She's always in a more positive role. I just want to see her just lose her fucking shit. She's in the positive and the emotional role. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I want to see like the anger and mm -hmm. the psycho. Yeah. I think that is a great idea. Awesome. So that is Play Misty for me. I would highly recommend checking it out. Yeah, absolutely. You have to rent or buy it, but it's worth, yes. it's worth the money. It is. I was, when I saw I had to rent it, I was like, damn it. Yeah. This better be good. <laughs> And I, I was very pleasantly surprised. Yes, I actually bought it because I remember enjoying it. The Did first you? Time I, it, yeah. I forgot you had actually watched it before. All right, we ready for some trivia? Okay. Oh, please say this isn't seventies trivia. No, it's. I did. I pulled just one card from my eighties deck, one card from my nineties deck, and I'll just give you random five questions. Okay. All right, are we ready? Mm-hmm. What soundtrack to a Kevin Costner flick was the top-selling album of the 1990s in the United States? Robin Hood. Bull Durham. Shit. Uh, a tin, tin cop. <laughs> what was it? The Bodyguard. Oh, I'm so dumb! <laughs> I am so dumb! I thought for Damn sure it. you were going to get that one. Damn it! Oh, I'm, I'm mad at myself over that one. Okay, go on. All right. In Back to the Future, the name of what fashion designer was printed on Marty McFly's underwear, leading Lorraine to think that was his name? Oh, Calvin Klein. Yes. Yes. Let the timer run out. Okay. Oh, thank God I got that one. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This stresses me out. <laughs> All right. Next one. Mm -hmm. Which computer company, originally named PCs Limited, introduced its first new computer in 1985, the Turbo PC? Microsoft. Apple. And, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Dell. As I look at my Dell computer behind <laughs> this. Okay, go on. You should get this one. Okay. What animal? Don't tell me that because now I'm not going to get it. Okay, what? What animal would often laugh at you if you had a bad round oh, in the video game duck hunt? Oh shit! Oh well, the who would laugh at you? The duck, the dog, <laughs> the dog, the dog. Yes, the dog. Okay, <laughs> you're just hyena. <laughs> before I even told you where it was laughing at you. Okay, go okay. On. <laughs> so you've got two. Yeah, is All there right, just last one? More? one. Okay. What fighting game debuted in arcades in 1992, introducing gamers to Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Sonya Blade, and Johnny Cage? Uh, Soul Calibur. Mortal Kombat. Yes. Oh, thank <laughs> God. like Aaron. Oh, thank God. Okay. 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 That was a bad one. got three. Okay. So stressful. All right. Before okay. we're done, time to spin that wheel to find out what my next movie will be. We're only spinning once because okay. it's from my personal list of 15. Yes. So once Aaron shuffles, go ahead and spin. I have a couple on these that I really hope it is. Right. And then a couple that I really hope it's not. 
Oh, what? the last unicorn. <laughs> okay. That was my replacement from last week. Oh, that's going to be hard to watch, Odell. Oh, that's I haven't hard seen that watch. movie in forever, but I used to be obsessed the, with that The movie. last time I saw it was high school. I saw it once. Yeah. and I, <laughs> You've only seen it was, once? Oh, no, 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 oh, no, okay. no. <laughs> I loved it yeah. when I was a kid. I was obsessed with it. Yeah. And then I saw it again in high school, wondering, I wonder if I would cry again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to make my kids watch it with me. I love Get their it. reactions. Okay. So next week, we'll be back with The Lost Boys. I'm actually <gasps> looking forward to rewatching that. And then yes. two weeks from now, The Last Unicorn. Have a great week. Don't forget to check out our playlists and check out our other podcasts. I have a book-related podcast. Podcast. Book-related podcast, <laughs> Just Read It Already, which drops Fantastic. new episodes on Mondays. And then Aaron and, uh, I almost said Aaron and Adam, Aaron and <laughs> Conrad have another movie-focused podcast that drops on Tuesdays. Here's Drinking With You Kids, so check that out. Until then, we will see you next week. Don't be stabby. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Please be sure to tell all of your friends about us, especially any fellow Gen Xers. And don't forget to follow us on social media and your favorite podcast app. And be sure you're set to auto-download so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, leave us a five-star rating. Don't forget to visit backwherewebelong.com to gain access to our ultimate playlists, pick up some merch, and do a deeper dive into all of our episodes. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. 